I'm Mark Pender for Econa Day with Mark Rogers, Senior Economist for Econa Day. Mark, we've got a lot of economic news this week, but the big news comes out from the Fed on Wednesday with the FOMC policy statement. Exactly. And it's going to be a rather extended afternoon on Wednesday. At 2 o'clock Eastern Time, not only is the policy statement released, but also the Fed's quarterly forecast. And then, uh, to keep life more interesting for the day, uh, at 2.30 Eastern, uh, there is the chairman's press conference. And this will be Bernanke's last quarterly FOMC press conference. It looks like there will be a lot for the markets to digest. Let's start with the statement, Mark. What are you watching? Well, first of all, I don't think anyone expects a change in policy rate. But there are several areas to focus on. Uh, the main question, of course, is whether the Fed decides to taper or not on Wednesday. About uh, the, the odds have moved up for taper, but it still hasn't crossed the 50% threshold. Uh, that is, about one-third of economists being surveyed are expecting taper to begin Wednesday. But that means that two-thirds see taper starting sometime next year, generally January or March. Uh, then after that, that's the number one issue, taper or not, uh, the characterization of the economy is important. And if there's no taper at this meeting, the character characterization could hint at whether taper starts in January or in March. Uh, from the October FOMC meeting, the economy was characterized as expanding at, quote, a moderate pace. So that's going to be the benchmark for whether the economy has improved or not from the Fed's perspective. Earlier, uh, for quite some time now, uh, fiscal policy was seen by the Fed as a drag on the economy notably not just from the dollars, but due to the uncertainty regarding fiscal impasse. Now it looks like we're getting a uh, two-year deal to uh, take care of fiscal issues, and if that actually goes through this week, which most expect, that will be a reduced risk to the economy from the Fed's perspective. That is, downside risk to the economy would be seen to have diminished. Well, the Fed guidance still has uh, specifics, and that's the unemployment rate dropping to 6.5% and inflation heading above 2.5%. How are those numbers looking right now? Uh, there's a bit of a conflict in terms of uh, those two uh, triggers for consideration. They're not mandatory triggers for action but triggers for consideration of changes in policy. And there's some conflict. Uh, the latest unemployment rate has come in at 7%, and that's below Fed forecast. On the other hand, you know, playing two-handed economist, uh, on the other hand, PCE price inflation on a year-ago basis is at 0.7%. That is far below the Fed's goal 
of 2% inflation. Uh, this gives the Fed room to continue quantitative easing as is. So uh, markets should watch to see how much the Fed changes its forecast for GDP, the unemployment rate, and PCE inflation. And the unemployment rate forecast certainly will go down, but the question will be by how much. And uh, the countervailing question will be, uh, does the Fed lower its forecast for PCE price inflation in the near term? If so, uh, that could indicate uh, that taper begins in March instead of January. Well, inflation pressures are, are clearly below uh, what the Fed would want. And, and, uh, but the employment situation, is it, where is it, uh, is it, uh, where is it right now? Is it, is it close to where they, they might want it to be? Uh, it, that's a very interesting question. Uh, the Fed has posed the issue in the traditional measure of the unemployment rate. Uh, however, there's also the issue of job growth. There, there are two separate numbers. The payroll gains, which actually improved uh, for November, but uh, we have not seen sustained improvement in payroll jobs. We've seen unexpected declines in the unemployment rate, partially due to long-term changes in demographics related to baby boomers uh, retiring and lowering the participation rate. So even though it's not Dated in their objective, what the Fed really wants from the labor market is a lower unemployment rate and healthy, sustainable gains in payroll jobs. And we have not seen sustained improvement in payroll jobs. I think that will be the argument of the doves at the FOMC this week. You had mentioned that no one's expecting any change in the policy rates. Uh, let's talk about. Uh uh, the Fed funds uh, uh, at the discount rate. Uh, will the Fed funds rate uh, remain low after the end of uh, quantitative easing? What should we look for in these issues uh, with the uh, Wednesday's Fed release? Uh, yes, uh, markets clearly are wondering where interest rates are headed. And it's forgotten by many that with the quarterly forecast, the Fed not just gives forecasts for the traditional economic indicators such as GDP, the unemployment rate, and PCE price inflation. But also the Fed somewhat recently began to give forecasts for policy rates and the timing of changes in policy rates. So we will get on Wednesday the Fed's forecast for what they expect the Fed funds rate to be at the end of 2014, 2015, and 2016. So that's going to be one part of the forecast I'm going to be looking at. And uh, Fed officials and Fed speak quite frequently have been stating that even when quantitative easing ends, that the Fed funds rate is going to remain exceptionally low for quite some time. And we'll see to what degree it might change with the forecast coming out Wednesday afternoon. And that's going to affect, it, it very likely will affect the yield curve uh, in terms of uh, 
expectations for taper, which will affect the long end, and when the Fed funds rate goes up, which is going to affect the short end. So uh, absolutely, bond traders are going to be watching the forecasts. What are the average expectations for the Fed funds rate, uh, let's say, uh, uh, two years out? What are your expectations? How, how, how uh, high will it be going? How quickly will that curve be, uh, will, will be moving up? Well, my expectations are that uh, the Fed is going to make the determination and I'm going to be focusing on their forecast. And in the October, in the, I'm sorry, the September quarterly forecast for the end of uh, 2016, the uh, average forecast, you know, there's not a composite number in the forecast. It's, uh, it shows each individual's uh, forecast. But the average was 2.3% for the end of 2016. The median forecast was 1.75%. So even with an increase in the Fed funds rate, according to Fed participants, uh, that's still a very low interest rate. So I think uh, there's still going to be plenty of liquidity and uh, low finance costs for quite some time for the economy, both for consumers and businesses. Well, specifically for uh, guidance, uh, what can we expect? Uh, what kind of changes? Will there be changes on the unemployment rate? Will there be changes on inflation? This is probably one area that's going to get more debate. Uh, I think uh, all of the debate certainly affects whether the Fed tapers or not. And, you know, that there'll be an absolute decision. It's yes or no. But in terms of uh, guidance, there are plenty of options of what might happen uh, in terms of tweaking what guidance is. Currently, guidance focuses on uh, data dependency related to the labor market and also uh, inflation trends. There could be a change in that. Some within the FOMC have begun to argue that there should be an explicit schedule for unwinding uh, quantitative easing. So we could move in the guidance from uh, data dependency to a specific schedule. Some argue that having a specific schedule gives markets uh, greater, greater certainty and uh, basically with the greater certainty, the economy can essentially move on. Well, this is a very sensitive time for Fed policy right now and, and we're having an exit uh, with uh, Ben Bernanke. What, what do you expect him to focus on during his uh, last press conference? Well, uh, First of all, uh, Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen, uh, they're very good colleagues. They're, they get along quite well. They see uh, policy probably not 100% the same way, but uh, closely. So I think uh, Bernanke's probably going to be relatively low key in deference to the fact that there is transition taking place though there will be plenty of questions uh, that he will not be able to completely 
I guess dodge is the right word, uh, regarding uh, if, if there is no taper, what is the Fed looking for in order to taper? And he'll have to give some sort of tentative answer to what the Fed is focusing on. But uh, he's likely to be relatively low-key in deference to the fact that there is transition. We're running out of time, Mark, but let's move quickly to economics. We had a strong industrial production report that showed that uh, life in the manufacturing sector, real quickly, Mark, is this going to uh, play into the hands of the hawks? It very well could. Uh, manufacturing actually appears to be making a bit of a comeback. Uh, industrial production jumped sharp 1.1% in November. And uh, looking at the manufacturing component, it was up uh, still a strong 0.6% after 0.5% in October. So that's two very healthy months in a row. Um, so the manufacturing sector does seem to be regaining some momentum. There are mixed signals from the manufacturing surveys, but at the national level, it's looking good. Uh, but uh, the, the sector that's wavering that has increased uncertainty is housing. That's right. We're going to get housing starts that, that Wednesday morning. Uh, and it's, new home sales have been, have been coming up a bit, but not uh, existing home sales. What's, what's, is it the mortgage rates? Is it the high home prices? What's holding back housing? Well, indeed, the Housing Starts report is going to be the second main act this week, but it's going to be complicated. And in the context of uh, mixed data, uh, as you said, uh, new home sales spiked recently. We've had a, a mild downtrend in existing home sales. So we've had a shortage of supply for new homes and mortgage rates have been creaking up a bit over the last several months due to expectations of Fed tapering. So th this is going to be a key area uh, for news this week and it's, it's going to be actually messy. Census Bureau's catching up on data that were delayed due to the recent federal government shutdown. We're going to get three months of housing starts data for September, October, and November. Census also had earlier released permit data for September and October, so we already have some idea from those numbers. And so how does housing fit in between the hawks and the doves? Housing's mixed right now. Uh, I think the majority of the data are, are on the soft side. So that's going to uh, help the doves more than the hawks. And there's concern that if taper starts too early, that's going to bump up mortgage rates and cut into a very important sector of the economy. You have to remember the Fed initially said tapering is not tightening, but uh, they finally did admit taper means long-term rates go up somewhat, including mortgage rates. So if the Fed believes that housing needs more support, that means delayed taper. 
Well, we have a very interesting week to look forward to. Thanks, as always, Mark Rogers for Econoday. I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.